Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Jill, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Fabulous. Look, I need to warn you, it's sunny outside and sunshine tends to hit me like a shot of tequila. So I have. Oh, I'm sure it will in Seattle. (laughs) I lived there for many years. (laughs) So I know. So where are you now? Um, In Southern California, Long Beach. Okay, we are going to become friends, but so I can visit you. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. You're more than welcome. (laughs) Jill Ferguson, you are an entrepreneurial Jill of many trades, which I love, which is why I've got so many questions. You're an author, an artist, an editor, a multiple business owner, higher education, nonprofit, business consultant, frequent public speaker, and world traveler. And this isn't even scratching the surface. You are so multi-passionate and multi-streamed. Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure it drives some people crazy because they're like, why can't you just do one thing? But, you know, I, I don't believe in limiting like that. <laughs> no, I've always been drawn to variety. My career is a little bit like a pinball machine. And that, you know what? That works out just fine. Yeah. So may I start off with asking you about your latest book, which I think is coming out in March. Would you tell me about that? My latest book is actually uh, coming out in the summer, and it's called um, The Advocates, and it was co-authored with a woman named Robin Gulliver, who is a Kiwi who is living in Australia. And the book is about women in the environmental movement in Australia, um, about nine women's stories in particular, but it weaves through the whole history of the movement and um, all the different facets of environmentalism um, in Australia. And the, uh, it is a, kind of a one-of-a-kind book because women's stories in the movement have never been told like this. And the history of the movement in Australia has never been told. Um, so Melbourne University Press has, um, is publishing the book. And we're very, very excited about it. Uh, and yeah, so it, it comes out the 2nd of July, but it is currently available for pre-order. Fantastic. Now, pre-order, would that be through Amazon or through somewhere else? Um, you can get it from Melbourne University Press um, itself and through Amazon. So yeah, both places. Now- so is this book number 11 or book number 12? 13. <laughs> wow. Lucky 13, right? <laughs> one of your books, the name just really stuck out. The one about a Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. We have two books, actually. Um, one is the Salary Cinderella Story or How to Make More Money Without a Fairy Godmother. 
And then the follow-up book to that was a single Cinderella story and or how to find love without losing yourself. So then they, those two books came out, one came out in 2019 and the other one came out in 2020, both around Valentine's day each year. <laughs> you, are, you are extremely prolific. Would you tell me a little bit about what those books are about? Um, they're about the main character's name is L short for Cinderella er, from Cinderella. Um, and she is a late 20 something year old project manager at a um, tech company in the Bay Area. And she and her two best friends um, are, the first book is dealing more with the business end of Elle's life. And she meets a woman on a plane named PJ who is an empowerer of women. And so it's a modern day retelling of the Cinderella story <laughs> around business. And then the second one is a modern telling of the Cinderella story um, you know, with the love angle, but not the prince. <laughs> so, oh, I have to read them both. I love remaking of, of fairy stories, of of uh, you know, reframing them and rewriting them, along with any single remake of any Jane Austen book there ever was ever. Created. Oh, nice! Did you read the new uh, the Jane, the new Jane Austen book that came out last year? Ooh, tell me more. Uh, it's called the um it's the Jane Austen Society I think is the name of the book I'm looking it up on my Kindle right now um, <laughs> because I please please it, do it was um my book club read it uh and it um, okay of course the Kindle's not working right at the moment <laughs> um here we go um it's called the Jane Austen Society, and it's by Natalie Jenner. Um, and it, it involves it. The book takes place in a small town in England, and um, a very divergent group of people kind of assemble and end up interrelated or interconnected as they try to save the Jane Austen homestead where she was born and grew up. Uh, it's fiction, but it's it's really well done. It is next on my reading. Okay. <laughs> now there's something completely different. Yeah. You also wrote a book called Creating a Freelance Career. Yes, I did. That came out in 2019 and was published by Rutledge. Um, and uh, it is basically a step-by-step -step guide if you're interested in self-employment of how to do that. Woman, do you have time to do anything else? I mean, you, you seem to be just churning out these books uh, continuously. I am so impressed. And you did it in a year of the pandemic. Yeah. And you managed to get and you managed to get them all public, uh, published. So I'm feeling incredibly inspired. Now, as part of your wonderful world of entrepreneurial ventures, you founded these these women's wellness weekends. Yes. Which, which just has me, I mean, it just has me drooling when I actually just read the name. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, I started Women's Wellness Weekends actually when I lived in Seattle. Um, and our first event was a whole long weekend event in Seattle at a hotel there. Um, and I founded the company kind of in the spirit of both of my grandmothers. My one grandmother, um, who was born in 1919, was very entrepreneurial and she owned lots of businesses um, throughout her life and really was 
in a frame of mind that she was going to be a businesswoman and she was she was born with only half an ovary and was told she probably wouldn't have kids even though she had three in a row um, <laughs> but she hired a housekeeper and to watch the kids and she kept working basically so it was a very that you know that's not the time that women tended to do that so it was founded kind of in her spirit and then my other grandmother who never met anybody who she didn't try to feed or befriend um, and I, I got this idea that women tend to care for themselves last on their list of, you know, you care for the pets and the, the significant others and kids, if you have them and all that first, um, before you care for yourself. So I wanted a space where women could get together and they could learn and they could have fun and they could drink margaritas and do creative <laughs> things and really nourish themselves in the time that we spend together. And whether that's a four hour workshop or a full day retreat or a whole weekend event or even multiple more days than a weekend like we did a retreat in Hawaii um, a couple years ago that was longer um, so yeah so that's how I founded Women's Wellness Weekends and um, I it is on sort of a hiatus because of the pandemic um, I thought about the possibility of taking it to an online um, version of itself and that didn't resonate really well with me because the whole purpose of it was for women to escape and get away from their day-to-day -day lives and since most of us have been sitting in front of computers during our day-to-day -day lives now um, it just didn't seem like that was a good way to do it so it's on hiatus and it will be coming back strong once we're through the current dilemma that we're we've all been facing I am missing seeing women I'm missing I think the last time I hugged a woman was over a year ago yeah <laughs> and I'm really missing the energy of being in a room with other women uh, yeah so I I, I completely there is a completely different energy when you are all together and these oasises that um that Jill offers are rest and recharging in a playful atmosphere within a community of encouraging globally minded women yes and coming from New Zealand, living in Seattle, and having friends from all over the world, I love the fact that you included globally minded. Yeah, I, well, I think you even. I think you even had. Excuse me. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you had one in Long Beach, or you were planning one in Long Beach as well. We we've done three retreats in Long Beach, one in Whidbey Island, one in the Silicon Valley. Um, we did numerous retreats in various parts of Washington state. So we had one in Whidbey Island and two in the Renton area or the East side and one in Seattle. Um, yeah. And then, as I said, we, we did one on Oahu. Uh, mm. And we have since been asked during the pandemic, I, I've been asked if we would help co-create events um, in Ireland for after the pandemic and um, one in Switzerland for after the pandemic. But we're, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting. We're in an interesting space right now as far as planning goes because it's also up in the air as to when anything could possibly happen. <laughs> right. Well, between you and the sunshine, I'm incredibly inspired and I hope you add New Zealand to the list of destinations. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As part of your incredible portfolio, and I'm using a pun here, you are also an artist, and I see that you provide artwork. You sell and uh, artwork on commission. Can you tell me more about that? Yes, um, I 
have been hired to paint, let's call them more caricatures of pets than realism of pets. <laughs> but um, people, people hire me to, well, and it doesn't always have to be pets, but I paint a lot of animals. And um, I, I have been commissioned to paint people's dogs and people's cats and I, even a chicken, two chickens. Um, somebody, and then other people have asked me to paint animals that they either think are their spirit animals or that they think embody some uh, personality traits that they have. I, I've done a snow leopard. It's on my jillferguson.com website that people can see. Um, I, and somebody asked me to do a warthog even, which I just thought was hilarious. Um, so I really want to meet the person that commissioned the warthog. I can see it on your site and it's a delightful, whimsical, happy warthog. Yes. <laughs> I need to meet that person. Well, she said that her daughter reminded her of a warthog because she always did her own thing and didn't follow the, you know, everybody else's path. And so, yeah, that's how the warthog came about. <laughs> and the color, she chose the, the woman chose the color scheme. I did not. So, um, yes. And you've even, you've even got a French bulldog. Yes. It's a French bulldog or a Boston. It's, no, a, no, it's, it's a, a Boston. Bulldog. No, it's a Boston Terrier. And that was a commissioned painting. Uh, I got sent a photo of the dog and th that's how that came about. And that, that is actually, um, that image is actually on my Redbubble site and you can buy tote bags with the print of that on it and face masks and all different kinds of things. Um, well, I'm going to encourage you to create a French bulldog. We'll talk about that a bit later. I have a French bulldog. Oh, yeah. really? So do I. It's not, no, I mean, I have a painting of one that I did. Um, I can send it to you, the, the image of it, so you can see it. Thank yeah. you, because mine is sitting well, here looking at me going, excuse me, I need to be immortalized. What I actually have a Queensland healer, is the, the dog that I live with, um, which is an Australian cattle dog. Um, and what color is your is your French bulldog. Uh, what is she called? She's uh, a blue, which means she's got a slight yeah. silver tinge, but she's a beige and white. Okay. So she's a, she's a, a bit of a mix. Oh, nice. And what's her name? Her name is Jewel. J-O-U-L-E as in unit of energy yeah. named by the husband. Love it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not often I get to talk about my French bulldog on a podcast. So thank oh, you. Oh, please <laughs> do talk about that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of dogs. So... <laughs> Yeah. You and me both. I used to work for animal welfare and uh, it was a very much a part of my life for a long time. Oh, nice. But, but back to you, you are also, you consult and you coach in, in so many different ways. Uh, you offer copywriting and editing. Is that right? Would you tell me more about that? Yeah, I do uh, copywriting for businesses, um, for entrepreneurs and for bigger businesses. Um, and I do editing of all kinds of different things from people's websites uh, and their papers and books and articles and all kinds of things. Um, I also do book coaching or writing coaching if you don't want to do a book sometimes people need coaching through essays and that kind of thing. Um, and I do coaching of entrepreneurs to help them get their businesses up and running and be successful and help them remove some of the challenges that they may be facing um, in growth. I don't, I don't do like marketing per se coaching. Um, it's more holistic than that. Um, and I have a really great network of people that I can refer other people to if they need, you know, more help with the technical end of their website, for example, or if they need help with um, very specific marketing things. 
or advertising things. So I try to um, kind of pay it forward and pass people on to people, other uh, small business owners that I believe in the work that they're doing and their ethics and everything else. Mm, completely and utterly. I do exactly the same and I tend to look for women business owners. Yes. <laughs> and any kind of coaching, um, I'm a style coach, but it's, it's always more holistic and it's always about interpretation and intuition and, and helping people find their Yeah. Way. I use intuition a lot with helping my clients too. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I, I recently interviewed a coach and I asked her how to tap into my own intuition. She gave me some beautiful exercises for that because it really does help guide us. Anyway, it's a whole nother yeah. subject, but it, it's amazing where it guides us. Yep. Now, apparently, you learned some business lessons from a snake. Oh, you've <laughs> done your homework. <laughs> yes. Um, I have, there's a paper on my website, or a short article about the business lessons that I've learned from Mo, the corn snake. Um, my, I am married for a second time, and my husband came with not only a dog um, and a turtle, uh, he came with a corn snake, and the corn snake is, Mo the corn snake is old, he's um, about 25 now, uh, and I spent a lot of time watching him. Um, I will say that I, I'm, never, I'm never afraid of any animals or not a fan of animals, but, um, but I, uh, snakes wouldn't necessarily be something that I would choose as a pet. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And, uh, but I've learned so much from watching Mo. I mean, Mo, Mo is very, snakes are very deliberate in the things that they do. They get kind of a lay of the land. They go there on their intuitions. Um, he, he's just such a beautiful snake. He's, the top of him is completely different than the bottom of the snake. The bottom of the snake is white and black and looks like piano keyboards. And the top of him has got diamonds and different shapes and colors. And he's kind of a... Um, he's got browns and beiges and coppers and um, reds in his coloring so it's completely different um, yeah so I, I ended up writing a whole article along with photos and everything and it's available for free on the creating the freelance career website um, for download if anybody is interested in Mo, it why wouldn't you be Mo the business yes <laughs> Mo, Mo is the one to consult and I forgot to ask you the name of your Australian um your Australian uh, dog, oh, uh, is that coconut? Yes, coconut. Yep. I saw something on your Facebook. I love, I love social media. I can do so yeah. much talking. <laughs> and I believe coconut, coconut received um, a whole lot of beautiful dog biscuits. For yes, he did. She did from her, her friend who's a chow chow named Jen Quay. <laughs> she dropped them off at the house. <laughs> Along with a card. So... Along with yeah. a card. Now, that is very much what a thoughtful dog. My dog tends to get the neighbor's dog tennis balls for Christmas. Oh, oh nice. Because we have an invested interest. We tend to have, we like their lawn. Yeah, they exchanged but. Christmas gifts too. Um, Co Coconut's <laughs> fairly new to our household. We, we um, got her from a rescue organization uh, back in September um, because our previous cattle dog died in August. And um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I am really well, sorry for your loss. That is huge. It, it was huge. And I had said to my husband that uh, Nacho, our previous dog, 
would send us another dog and I didn't know what that was going to look like. Talk about dealing with your intuition, right? I, I didn't know what it was going to look like or how it was going to come about. Um, but he did send us another dog the next month and um, it, it came via a client of ours or of mine had his wife had died um, before Nacho did, but like within maybe, I don't know, six or eight weeks of each other. And uh, he sent me no comments or anything, just a photo, an emailed photo of his wife. And the subject line said, uh, my angel doing what she loved. And I opened it up and it was a photo of his deceased wife at a dog rescue agency. <laughs> and I opened, I knew nothing about the agency and I opened up the file uh, or the link to the place. And there in this link was this cattle dog. And they're not very common here. <laughs> so no, no, it was not. like, oh my gosh, this, you know, the, the deceased woman I got the photo of, it came, I'm sure it came from my deceased dog. <laughs> and here we go. So yeah, we met her and hit it off really well. And, uh, and the agency only allowed previous cattle dog owners to, to rescue cattle dogs because they're a very particular breed. And so you need to know what you're dealing with. And so we ended up being able to take her home. It was very sweet. And absolutely meant to be. Yes. Yes. She's exactly what we needed at this time. <laughs> and I think vice versa. Uh, she needed us. <laughs> yeah, that was a beautiful synchronicity. Yes. I am circling back to something completely different. You are also a higher education consultant, or you have been. No, no, it says present. Well, so yeah, I, I have been um, up until the pandemic. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, of and, I, and, I, and to be honest with you, I, I don't know whether I will be continuing to do that after the pandemic or not. I think it, it will just depend on if an opportunity presents itself. I, I'm not doing any kind of active um, seeking out of those roles. But, um, you know, if, if a university contacts me and needs some assistance, um, I'm definitely willing to talk to them. Uh, but yes, I did that. I spent 13 years in higher education as a professor and a higher education administrator. Um, and then after those years, um, I worked as a consultant for, let's see, it'll be almost eight years. Um, and doing a lot of faculty training and working with faculty on assessment and accreditation and setting up general education programs and working with arts programs. What are you a professor? Um, I, were, I was chair of general education at a conservatory of music and I um, was also a senior lecturer at a Catholic university in their school of business. Um, so I've kind of done a lot of things. I've taught uh, business courses and management courses, and I've taught literature um, and writing and oral communications. So um, my higher ed degree or specialty area is actually English, but I, uh, um, and I have a degree in communications, but I also did part of an MBA in uh, higher education administration. So... Of course you did, because you are a renaissance woman. <laughs> I mean, art, music, education, writing. 
Are you gonna? Uh, I'm waiting for you to take up the cello. No, I. You know, I. I I'm fascinated <laughs> by the cello, but we'll let those years of years of training to other people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to give you a shout out. You've actually been published by the Huffington Post. That's a really big oh, deal. Yeah, I used to write um, weekly for the Huffington Post, uh, and I and I've written a few times for Washington, the Washington Post, and Architectural Digest is another big name publication that I've written for. Uh, I've been writing for, for newspapers and magazines um, since I was 12. So it's been a long time because I, I turned 50 last year. <laughs> oh, you're only halfway. So I think you, you were originally published at 12, wasn't that? When yes. You first actually had no, a book? not a book. I was published in a magazine at 12. And yeah, <laughs> but I, I did write, I did, I wrote my first book. It was a kid's book when I was five, um, but it wasn't published. And it was a, it was a mess because I tried to illustrate it with watercolors myself. And when you're five, you just don't understand paper and water and the mixture of the two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, water is a lot of fun when you're five playing in it, splashing in it, throwing it all over your Absolutely. artwork. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, one of my favorite things to do was go, walk in the rain and jump in puddles when I was little. So, mm. uh, Oh, the joy yes. of gumboots, <laughs> which I think you guys call rainbows yeah. here. Well, I, actually, I like, the, I like gumboots what? better. It sounds nicer. <laughs> and you actually understand what oh, it yeah. means, which is fantastic but then you do have an Australian cattle dog and you do have a friend living in Australia even though she's a New Zealander so it makes sense that you and you're a writer so it does make sense that you've got an experience well and it makes more sense than the British Wellies version so (laughs) right I think that was the Duke of Wellington I think that's where that it it may be I think he was known for wearing I mean gum boots make sense just because we understand the two words and what it means right (laughs) With the welling, the wellies, you need the whole history behind it to get what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like the uh, it's like the word bobbies yes. for police. Hey, what is Team Rubicon? Team Rubicon is a um, disaster relief uh, and rescue organization. It's a nonprofit, um, and it does similar work to like what the Red Cross does. Um, there's a medical arm of it, and then the actual uh, arm that just goes into like floods, hurricane areas, fires, and they, they have a fire brigade group too. Um, and it was founded by uh, an amazing man. Um, and it, m- the majority of the people who volunteer um, and do these kinds of responses are either um, military veterans or first responders. So they have thousands and thousands of people all over the world and that go in anytime there's a disaster and um, help clean it up. And of course, they've been super, super busy helping with all the COVID response stuff too for the last year. And you asked about that because I helped them tell their stories and I've done a lot of writing for them over the last three years. (laughs) That I didn't know. I just saw that you were involved with Rebuild, how do I pronounce it? Tarata and Waraba? I don't know what you're looking at. What, what did. Oh, it was uh, uh, something about um, Hurricane Lola and Hurricane. It was, there was Her, two um, hurricanes. I was uh, in. You, you... I, well, I was in. 
you referenced it on, on your oh, social media. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know whether you were just giving a shout out to the amazing work they're doing or whether you have participated oh, I have. in some I, way. I've, I've been with them. Um, I've gone to Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. I went to, after Hurricane Michael, I was trying to think if Michael was the one in Florida or was the one in North Carolina. Um, I've also been with Team Rubicon to Nebraska after all the flooding a couple years ago. Um, and I've met a lot of amazing people that have lost a lot through all the disasters and are rebuilding and Team Rubicon has been helping them rebuild. How did you get involved with Team Rubicon? Literally, there was an ad posted on flex jobs and they were looking for a writer and I believed very strongly in what they were doing. And so I reached out to the uh, head of branding and marketing that was hiring for the position. And I didn't hear anything for months. And then all of a sudden he called me and said, Hey, I I'd love to talk to you. And because we think that we want you to be involved with us. And they, he hired me kind of on the spot. And, um, and then a few months later, he deployed me to my first disaster <laughs> with a whole bunch of other people. But I, I was there to, to, with a photographer to um, document it all, what was going on. Wow. You know, I say wow a lot when I'm talking <laughs> on recording podcasts. Uh, so... All, all women tend to blow me away, but this is a double well. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been incredible working with them, and I'm very humbled by the the work that they do and the people that they engage with, and and just the you know because they're saving people so much money by doing all of this as a volunteer project um, that it's just it's it's amazing, and, and it's so heartwarming to see people helping people instead of fighting with them, like we've seen a lot of in the last four years. And it's something we all need to be reminded of a lot, because uh, if, if I check into the news, uh, it's, stories like this don't always make it. No, that's true, too. Yeah. I want to say, if you want to get hold of Jill, go to Jill Ferguson, and she spells her name F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, which is probably obvious to everybody but me. And on the website, it says Jill L. Ferguson. So I'm going to finish up by A, thanking you, but B, what does Lee. L stand for? It's my middle initial. <laughs> yeah, my mom's oh. first name was Leah, and so my brother and I both have the same middle names, which is Lee. <laughs> And you come from uh, your mother was your mother was probably also inspiring, just like your. I'm just thinking <laughs> back because I'm love what you said about your grandmother, uh, yeah. both of your grandmothers, and how they, yeah, women, women, they're yes. awesome, basically, which is which is a statement of fact and kind of mm -hmm. obvious. But anywho, thank you so much for talking to me today. I we've never met, we've never met in person. I have never spoken to you before. But I was so thrilled for the opportunity once I found it. Well, thank you, Erin. It's been a pleasure to be on your show. And I'm going to send you a Yay! photo of my French bulldog. Yeah, and I'll send you a, a <laughs> photo of the artwork that I've done on a French bulldog. But it's not the same color as yours. So, you know, maybe we'll have to paint one that looks like yours. And don't yours. forget to go to Reb.
don't forget to go to Redbubble so that you can actually order some fabulous toast um, of oh, Jill's oh, artwork as well. Fine. Goodbye, Jill. I'm going to go out and run around in the sunshine. Yay! Enjoy it while it lasts there. <laughs> okay.